The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, now, you would have been hearing today as well that a series of new reports in the Mental Health Commission has found issues of concern at child and adolescent mental health services across 17 different counties in Ireland. Children who are suicidal, waiting over 50 days to be seen by mental health professionals in one situation, while some children's care is being carried out online by specialists based in Qatar. I'm joined now in New Ross by Verona Murphy. She's an independent TD for Wexford. Verona, uh, there's a part of me that thinks, like, here we are again, another report, more issues identified within camps. I mean, is there anyone left who doesn't realise the service is just utterly dysfunctional at this point? And I think you're right, Kieran. Enough is enough. I think we've heard enough times now that this service is not fit for purpose. We have our own issues here in Wexford. We have a dysfunctional service operating between CAMS North and CAMS South. Um, I think, unfortunately, though, the report itself is a very bland version of what it should be because it to me it's not highlighting the issues as they're actually happening on the ground and I'm finding that more and more within HSE issues you know I'm hearing the information is from officials and department staff when actually the situation is very much at variance we had a near-death experience here during the summer with a 15 year old CAMS patient who had been hospitalized in University Hospital Waterford for 55 days and there didn't seem to be any meeting of minds between administration and the medical end of things as to why was this child still in the hospital who and she was actually deteriorating so I'm not really confident that this report cuts it I'm not too sure just how serious it's been taken I did speak to the minister in relation to that occasion but I just as you say I have brought this up on the floor of the doll since being elected in my short time elected 47 times for mental health 34 times for CAMS-related issues, and so have others. But how much will it take before we're going to change and see delivery on something that saves our children's lives? Have you confidence that uh, a constituent of yours, were they to need the help of CAMS today, that they would get it? Unfortunately, not particularly with CAMS South. I have more confidence in CAMS North. I think the reality of that is that we have 99 patients on the waiting list in CAMS North. We have only 10 on the waiting list in CAMS South. And every GP that has referred a patient to CAMS South number a number of times multiple times that that patient has been rejected so it's not that they're not being referred and it's not that we don't have a growing waiting list but they only go on the waiting list if the referral is accepted so i think the reality of what we're reading and the situation in Wexford, Cam South are two very different things and I really, I have written to the Minister and I've written to the Department, we need clarification on why referrals are not being accepted. And how often are constituents bringing this issue up with you? Oh, it's a daily basis, unfortunately, and I, I like we take it very serious because what we actually witnessed in University Hospital Waterford, the actual mother of the patient didn't contact me until she was very like she just didn't know who to go to I mean she wasn't being given information her daughter in that length of time although she was a CAMS patient for some nine months she had only been seen by the psychologist twice and after that it was social workers but there was no recognition of the seriousness of this 
particular patient and the fact that she was able to spend 55 days in a hospital setting that were not, it was a specialist setting she needed. How much has it cost the state? And it was a complete waste. The child's condition was deteriorating and it has left her with life altering, I suppose, medical conditions far beyond what she had. It's interesting you mentioned that difference between Wexford South and North because I remember, and much like yourself bringing it up in the doll, I find myself having talked about this story God knows how many times, so I go back to the point I made. There's nobody left who, who thinks the service is working everywhere, but there's areas it is working and interestingly Wexford North was was arguably more dysfunctional a number of years ago than Wexford South and that that situation is seems to have reversed itself it has reversed because the staff and the, the staff that had been in Wexford South are now operating in Wexford North there are issues surrounding that I believe it is being investigated by CHO5 but it is a real concern and as I say I'm not confident that we're that the report reflects the actual situation. That's not disparaging of the people who compile the report. It's you can only deal with the information you are given. And I think that's where we are with CAMS. We're not seeing a true reflection. The Mental Health Commission are very, very disparaging of the situation. And we're just going way. It's going on way too long. The, the, the movement of staff, it's a kind of a case of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, so, I, you know, as a policy, it's probably not advisable. But I, I list, at least it does show, I mean, the problem can be solved. And and, and again, these reports, there's areas of no concern all over the country. So there's, there's, there's kids who need help and are getting help in one part of Ireland. And then maybe a couple of kilometres up the road because they fall into another kind of CHO area, another old health board area. They're not getting the help. That's right. Which, which is, is awful on the face of it, but again, it, it kind of shows the problem's not intractable. Well, I think in some areas it is because staff retention and recruitment is a huge issue. I recently sat down with CHO5 in Wexford and we discussed that very issue. And I think that's where the postcode lottery, for instance, you know, we'd have a difficulty with accommodation in Wexford if we were looking for talent or, or uh, professions to come in from outside the county. And we have a serious issue with housing. So I'm not going to go into that, but the the reality is we don't have staffing levels for the uh, CAMs to operate correctly. So Wexford doesn't have a full complement of staff. We were promised a full-time paediatric dietitian. We do not have it. The service currently is being outsourced to a private dietitian, but that's not good enough. We need exponentially anorexia has grown over the pandemic period in adolescents and young people and we need to deal with that. I, I really believe that we need to just get rid of this CAMS model. We need to staff units to the absolute full. Maybe we need to reduce the amount of units and provide transport because that probably would be far more effective. But I do think that there is absolutely no point in keeping a child with a mental health condition in a hospital setting where there are no expertise to deal with that. Now, uh, you know, you can create vacancies and that probably has to happen, but somebody else might point out that there are vacancies in the system that are not being filled. Do we have to make the job more attractive? There's a lot of issues and there are a lot of issues. For a start, we didn't look at the model of, you know, with the education model quickly enough we probably the points are probably too high we're not retaining those students when they do qualify but equally we're putting an awful lot of money and I'm talking billions into the management 
of CAMs and not nearly enough into the professional services mm. that are required. I think the HSE, to my mind, are far, far too ready to pay out compensation rather than actually deal with the issue. And that seems to be, we've seen that in the last report, a young young child in Kerry got 95,000 for the fact that he wasn't, his medication wasn't being followed mm. or he was medicated incorrectly. Well, I am quite adamant that my experience this summer on the ground, that the situation that was arising was going to be very much death and it, nothing short of it. And I think the parent and the family are, are mm. just, they just don't know where to turn. And that's the reality of this. I'm bringing it up any more times yeah. than the doll. The minister has to be aware of it. The minister for health has to be aware of it. And money is not the answer here. We need a complete reorganisation of the. But agency. money has to be a part of the. An- I mean, I know it raises the heckles of people when you suggest that people, kind of in the employ of the state, either directly or indirectly, should be paid more. But. I mean, if we're in a kind of situation of full employment in the country and we do have vacancies in camps, you're going to have to make it more attractive. Well, and I, like, you know, I'm you're going for a job and I'm going for yeah. a job. That pay is the first thing we're going to ask about. Well, I think it's not just the job that's the issue. I mean, the management structure is where a lot... I oh, know, I accept that as no, well. No, but that's a lot of the yeah. problem in that there, when staff are being moved around, it means that maybe there's conflict with management and it's, as I said, whose job is it? If you look at Waterford Regional Hospital, where the admin sector not asking the question or the hospital manager why do we have a 15-year-old child for 55 days whose health is deteriorating? And yet there was no medic or psychiatrist who was asking a question similarly. So I think we, and that's in excess of €100,000 for absolutely no benefit. So I think we need to look at how we will structure it. We need to look at where it's structured. And we very much need to look at the models where, we're, where they're putting far less than £26 billion mm. into a health service with much greater results. And we know that they're there. They're, mo- they're modelled in Norway and Denmark. Well, unfortunately, I suspect we will be talking about this again, uh, Verona. Uh, but listen, while I have you, and before I let you go, we're obviously broadcasting live uh, from the banks of the Barrow here in the Brody Visitor Centre as part of the Kennedy Summer School. Um, We have lots more to come on that on the show, uh, but uh, this will remain in the Wexford constituency here in New Ross, but just up the road will find itself in a new constituency. So what do you make of it? Yeah, You'll still be in Wexford. Well, I will, but I am very disappointed for the people of Wexford to see that the constituency and its representation is now fragmented. Look, I don't understand how this proposal ever got through. I think, you know, it's a proposal put forward by Senator Malcolm Byrne and it split a constituency. We now have part of the constituency. It's recommended that uh, 50, just short of 50,000 people from Wexford and 35,000 people from Wicklow would share a constituency. That's poor representation. People have been on to me. They're very unhappy. They feel their representation will fall between two stools. And I've seen that happen. In New Ross here, we do share a boundary with Kilkenny. And we do work well with Kilkenny County Council, but it's different at national level. And I think people are very aggrieved by this. And I will be saying that when it comes to voting, Uh, on the Commission's proposals, I'll be voting against it. It doesn't affect me. It halves my workload, actually, because as an independent, I do travel and transit the whole constituency Mm. to meet people. But I'm still prepared to do that, and I'll be doing that right up to the Commission's recommendations being passed or withdrawn. But I would be very aggrieved as a public representative that it it fell down on on Wexford's, uh, how they dealt with Wexford. I'm not a bit happy. I don't think people are 
a bit happy. And I think there are alternatives. It's a 1937 constitutional rule. It's time we looked at it. We live in a democracy. There is, you know, the stats and the facts are there. Three-seater constituencies benefit large parties. And I'm an independent, needless to say, I feel aggrieved at that and I think the people feel aggrieved because they're no longer looking to large parties for representation. They feel they get elected locally but they move to Dublin and they do what the party wants them to do, not the people who elected them. And I, just to clarify, yeah. I will be running candidates in every district regardless of the new boundary. I will be running candidates in the local election because it's more, it's absolutely more imperative than ever that we would have strong local government representation. Verona Murphy, very much independent TD for Wexford. Verona, thank you very much. Thanks, Kieran. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.